Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. For more than 13 years, Jack Johnson was the most famous and the most notorious African-American on earth. He battled his way from obscurity to the top of the heavyweight ranks won the greatest prize in American sports, a prize that had always been the private preserve of white combatants, then suffered persecution at the hands of his own government and years of exile before the title was taken from him. And he did all these things during the years which marked the low point of African-American life after emancipation. Abandoned by the federal government, denied the vote if they lived below the Mason-Dixon line, and living under the constant threat of mob violence, black Americans at the turn of the 20th century were no longer enslaved, but not yet truly free. Jack Johnson insisted on being free. Okay, so look, it's not the biggest story today involving U.S. President Donald Trump, but it is significant and it is one worth praising. Uh, That from the PBS documentary Unforgivable Blackness, it was called, and the story of former heavyweight champion Jack Johnson. And it's such a remarkable story. I mean, the fact that in 1908, this black man fought for the heavyweight championship of the world against the Canadian, by the way, Tommy Burns. Just how big it was at the time and how racially tinged it was at the time. How outrageous it was that a black man would compete for the World Heavyweight Championship, let alone win it. And after that, it was all about finding a white fighter. That's where the term Great White Hope came from. Someone who could beat Jack Johnson. But as you heard in that clip, Jack Johnson wasn't shy. Jack Johnson... It's kind of fearless in a lot of ways. And a lot of people saw him as flaunting his celebrity, flaunting his wealth, and flaunting his fondness for white women. And that's what got him in trouble with the law. And that's what led to his conviction under the Mann Act, which was ostensibly to combat prostitution. but was a way for governments to target mixed race relationships. And that's how they got Jack Johnson. So it it certainly was what we would refer to now as a historic wrong. And there's that ongoing debate because we do it a lot in Canada where we find all of these instances from history where we would look at them differently today and we apologize. And I think there's a lot of people who sense maybe we do it too much. But sometimes there's a time and a place for that. And, And so I think this was appropriate and probably long overdue today. U.S. President Donald Trump issuing a posthumous pardon 
for Jack Johnson. I believe that Jack Johnson is a very worthy person to receive a full pardon, and in this case, a posthumous pardon. So I am taking this very righteous step, I believe, to correct a wrong that occurred in our history and to honor a truly legendary boxing champion, legendary athlete, and a person that when people got to know him, they really liked him and they really thought he was treated unfairly as a human being and unfairly as a champion. So a righteous decision, sure. We'll give him that. Uh, Michael Taub uh, joins us. He's a Troy Media syndicated columnist, a Washington Times contributor, former speechwriter to Prime Minister Stephen Harper, and wrote about this very issue in the New York Post back in February. Maybe the president read it. Uh, Michael, thanks for joining us here. Oh, my pleasure, Rob. All right. So, yeah, long overdue, wasn't it? Oh, without question. Um, I don't know whether the president actually read my column or not. Uh, that remains <laughs> to be seen. I, I'd like to hope that maybe he glanced at it through the news clips that probably come on his desk each day. But no matter what, um, I think a lot of the praise it goes to two places. Uh, one is a relative of Jack Johnson, uh, a woman who's been fighting for years, quite frankly, in terms of ensuring that her family name and that Mr. Johnson himself that this historical wrong was finally righted, so to speak. We always say it's a right-making wrong, but this was something that was just so improperly done. And I'll explain a little bit about the Mann Act, which you did as well, and how he got caught in it, because there's, a, there's an even bigger irony to it as well. Um, she's been one force, and the other force who may have had the most impact as of late was uh, Sylvester Stallone, the actor. Right who spoke with Donald Trump apparently um, not long ago, I think around the time of Black History Month, which was in February when I wrote my piece or a little after that, and suggested to him that this would be the right thing to do. And from what we understand, and whether it's true or it's false is another story in itself, Donald Trump has, like many other people, been intrigued by the story and was bothered by it too. And the, the reason why most people are furious at it is not the way that Jack Johnson conducted himself in public you know he could you know in this day and age we know people can date whoever they want be whatever they want and compete in many different ways but in a very racialized america in the early nineteen hundreds someone like jack johnson just wasn't the norm you did not see this from the black community the african-american community if you wish jack johnson was very atypical of what you saw and that made a lot of Americans furious, and that's why, as you commented, they looked for this great white hope, a great boxer who could come in and eliminate and get rid of the first black heavyweight champion of the world. But the irony is how everything came about and why this day came about was in 1912, as you discussed, Jack Johnson was arrested for two relationships he had had with white prostitutes, one by the name of Lucy Cameron, the other by the name of Bill Schreiber. They had both happened in 1912, and, well, actually, sorry, they had both happened around 1911 or 1912. I can't remember which happened first. Mm -hmm. But they broke what was called the Mann Act, and that was a federal law that exists in the United States at that point, which made it a felony 
to, and I'm just going to directly quote, knowingly transport or cause to be transported or aid or assist in obtaining transportation for or in transporting in interstate or foreign commerce or in any territory or in the District of Columbia any woman or girl for the purpose of prostitution, which they both fit under, or debauchery. Now, the irony was that the Mann Act had been enacted in 1910. Both of Jack Johnson's relationships had happened before that time, so he was arrested after the fact, where he should have been actually protected by the fact that none of this happened before that law came into place. But unfortunately, based on the way that the United States looked at race issues, and obviously looked at Jack Johnson in those days, he became very easy and very susceptible to being placed under this law, and it forced him to uh, basically run away. He skipped bail and went through Europe, Mexico, parts of South America for several years, and then finally returned to the U.S. in 1920 and surrendered to authorities. But that's basically why Donald Trump acted today. And there have been other U.S. presidents, including George W. Bush and Barack Obama, who both were presented with the case of giving a posthumous pardon via the presidency, but chose not to do it in both cases. Other U.S. presidents have also been approached on this issue, and everyone has just sort of stayed away from the fray because of the controversial nature of it. I think in this case, Rob, because Donald Trump has been, what one would say, a pretty controversial president, that something like this would attract him. But no matter what, he has done something, I think, very beneficial today. And while it's not the biggest issue of the day in the U.S., North Korea or the summit being canceled is, I think this matter is actually something of great importance that people will remember for many years and decades to come. Yeah. I, and as I played that clip of the president. He was talking about how Jack Johnson had been treated so unfairly. I was almost waiting for him to you know, link it to himself. Fortunately, he, he didn't. But no, you, you can see maybe where, where he would see the appeal in, in being the president to do this and credit where credit is due. But you know, sure. at the same time, I, I don't think this is really going to be controversial to anybody. I don't think anyone's going to be mad at Trump for doing this, are they? Well, you would hope not. I mean, I don't see what the justification would be. I mean, Mr. Johnson was found guilty of something that is not a crime, should never have been a crime, and is not perceived of as a crime today. You know, it's more than a century since this happened, the initial conviction. And yes, it was high time that something happened, that they changed this, you know, this status for a man who really, quite frankly, was a groundbreaking individual in so many different ways. I mean, he obviously had been a boxer for a number of years. He had held what was called the, the Colored World Heavyweight Championship for a few years, and that's where basically the only world championships at the time that black fighters could initially fight for. But he went on and basically entered, shall we say, a white world and became the first world's heavyweight boxing champion. And that in itself is a pretty impressive achievement. So no, there really should be no reason or rationale for anyone to make a comment about or something negative. Now, obviously, some people are going to say, well, does it really matter? And in the grand scheme of things, no, it doesn't change the world around us. It doesn't change race relations in the United States. It doesn't change people's attitudes. But I think it can at least give, if nothing else, people who enjoy boxing, who enjoy sports, or who just simply are intrigued by stories like this, it should give them some comfort that, at least in the case of someone who really was treated incorrectly and viciously in many ways by a judicial system that looked at the color of his skin and judged him in a much different way than any other boxer or any other athlete at his time because of the status that he held, 
you know, I, I think that this, at least if nothing else, ends a century of some guilt that some people have felt or discomfort that I think most Americans have felt. And it's nice to see that at least one U.S. president, in this case Donald Trump, was willing to go that extra mile and finally you know, give the presidential pardon, even if it was done posthumously. Right. And, and I mean, the fact that this is, is not often done, and I think it gives it some, some oomph, it gives it some, some, some power as, as a symbol, because, you know, as you know, here in, in this country, we kind of roll our eyes at how often um, we, we seem to apologize for everything. And maybe there's a time and a place for that, but when you start to do it too much, I think it, it loses its impact. So when, when you yeah. contrast that with this decision today, do you, do you think that this avoids falling into that trap? Well, we don't have a lot of moral equivalents in this country to the Jack Johnson affair, but um, yes, I know what you're saying. I mean, look, I served in a prime minister's office, that being Stephen Harper. <clears throat> I saw or was part of a number of apologies that were issued in speeches, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of them. There's no question about it. Right. Now, there have been apologies in history that have certainly made sense that we've seen. Um, the internment, for example, of Japanese Canadians during World War II in British Columbia that was something we need to apologize for, for sure. Some people are having a bit of a, a back and forth right now about the St. Louis and whether that, that apology that Justin Trudeau re- just initiated recently was necessary at this point in time, simply because in, in some people's minds, and this is the, the odd part about it, Rob, and maybe you've discussed it, some people actually thought the apology had already been done when in fact it hadn't. And for others, they're just sort of saying, was it really that momentous an event that we should apologize for it, but when you consider that on the St. Louis, and that was, that was for basically mostly Jewish immigrants who were trying to escape Germany, when that ship was sent back, roughly 40 to 45 percent of all the people who were sent back were killed in the Holocaust. Yeah. So yes, actually, I think that that one probably was justified. But there's no doubt that there have been a lot of apologies as of late in the last two governments, that being Harper and Trudeau, and some people are getting a little tired of always seeing our federal government apologize for a historical event that, yes, may be important to some or to a few, but is it really necessary to just keep apologizing in sort of a never-ending cycle? But as you said, and I think you're correct, sometimes it is warranted. And let's just say, for example, even though it's in the United States, in the case of Jack Johnson, I think it's been warranted for many, many years. Yeah. And, and I mean, even though it's about this one individual and this particular conviction, it, it does send, though, a, a broader message that the treatment of, of black athletes at the time was wrong. The segregation of sports was wrong. The, the yeah. crafting of laws like this were wrong. Anybody else who was caught up in similar circumstances, that it, it's kind of about them, too. So it's, it's, I think it's a different and unique way of addressing some of those broader historical wrongs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, you and I could spend the rest of this hour discussing terrible examples of how black athletes were keep kept out of many different sports. I mean, the obvious one is baseball, obviously, and that's yeah. what most people know is racial segregation. And obviously, Jackie Robinson, who broke the color line, who obviously was very heroic in what he did, because certainly there were players in the Major League Baseball who wanted him there at that time when he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers. But there were also people who were competing against him who, quite frankly, A, did not want a black person or a black man in the sport, and B, didn't even understand why they were being allowed in to begin with. So you're absolutely right. I mean, this Johnson sort of fits part and parcel with a lot of these issues. And if you believe that sport is universal, 
and that it should be open to everybody and that everybody should have a free you know a free chance to succeed or fail in a particular sport then you have to look at black athletes, even ones like Jack Johnson, who somehow, as they say, sort of slipped through the cracks and became extremely successful at a period of time when, you know, racial integration was not even really discussed all that much in the United States. I think that actually has to be looked upon as a very fascinating example and a reason why that if we're going to look at certain things and right some historical wrongs, this one is certainly included much the same way, as I said before, that segregation in baseball was 100% wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got to leave it there. Michael, always appreciate making some time for us. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here today. My pleasure. Have a great day. Take care. You too. Michael Taub, uh, syndicated columnist with Troy Media, uh, Washington Times contributor, also, as mentioned, wrote this piece for the New York Post, uh, and a former speechwriter as well for Prime Minister Harper. So he makes some interesting points on on how governments and how leaders need to kind of handle this 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 task, this role of of you know addressing historic wrongs, but not overdoing it to the point where it starts to lose its meaning. And, and this was something that I think maybe needed to have been done a long time ago. And so credit where credit is due that this president now has done it. And I think it does send a strong message. It is quite remarkable. This was literally decades before Jackie Robinson broke the baseball color barrier. And even from, you know, the, the turn of the century into the 1940s, even then a lot had changed. I mean, it was hugely scandalous. Jack Johnson even fought a white heavyweight champion. And it led to one of the biggest fights ever. James Jeffries, James J. Jeffries coming out of retirement. Here was the guy. Here was the guy who could beat Jack Johnson. Here was the great white help. Jim Jeffries comes out of retirement. He's going to fight Jack Johnson. It was huge. Took place in Reno, Nevada. Jack Johnson won that fight. There were race riots that followed that fight. Not just race riots in Reno, Nevada, where the fight was, but race riots right across the United States. At least 20 people died in those race riots. So think about that. It was so important to have a white fighter beat the black champion. When the white fighter lost, there were riots. So that gives you an idea of what the atmosphere was at the time. And how hated Jack Johnson was. But how courageous he was at the same time. To not be intimidated by any of that. Right? To say, look, I'm a fighter. I'll, I'll take on all comers. Why should this white heavyweight champion or this white fighter be afraid to fight me? But how many other fighters were there who maybe didn't luck out and get that shot? You know, Sam Langford is one of those names from history that keeps getting mentioned. He was a Canadian from Nova Scotia. Fought Jack Johnson early in his career. Later on, when Jack Johnson was heavyweight champion, he wanted nothing to do with, with Sam Langford. So how many other athletes, not just in boxing, baseball and other sports, didn't get their fair chance? It could have been one of the all-time greats, one of those household names, but because of their race, never got that opportunity. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.